You all know the story about David. When the prophet Nathan came to him, the prophet told him about a rich man who had a big flock, many sheep, many lambs, and about a poor man who had one little baby ewe. And this poor man loved that little ewe as much as he loved his family, what we might call a pet. Well, a guest came over to the rich man's house, and the rich man just didn't want to have to kill one of his own. He went and took the ewe lamb from the poor man and prepared it for the feast. And when David heard this, he was outraged. And he said, that rich man needs to be put to death. And can you just see Nathan there? I don't know, maybe pointing his finger. Saying, David, that rich man is you. Of course, he's talking to David about the great sin David had. Not only adultery with Bathsheba, but what we call the murder by war of your eye. And that's about all that we hear about in, this, in the book of Second Samuel about this. Although his punishment was the death of that child that Bathsheba was carrying. But this morning I'd like to look at the prayer that David wrote, the psalm he wrote about this sin. And that is Psalm 51. And uh, let's go ahead and read that through. It says, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all iniquities. Create, me, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit with me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgression your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from the blood guiltlessness, O God, the God of salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, that my mouth may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. By your favor, do good to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. 
then you will delight in righteous sacrifices and burnt offering and whole burnt offering. The young bulls will be offered on the altar. One of the great prayers of David, that after the sin, he, he, he prayed to God. We might call this a prayer of repentance of David. But in this, we really see David. We don't see David as the conqueror. We don't see David as the warrior. We don't see David as the king of a country. We see the innermost parts of David. We see his heart. And there's six things that David did in this prayer. Verses 1 and 2. He appealed to the mercy of God. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David doesn't beat around the bush. Right off the bat, he begins with this plea to God to forgive him, to cleanse him completely. And he's appealing to God's loving kindness, to God's tender compassion or mercy. But note that David does not ask God to forgive him based on any good that he had done in the past. Yes, David was a great man. He did good in the sight of the Lord. But, God, but David did not rely on this goodness that he has been, asking God to forgive this one's sin. Verses 3 and 4, he shows his honesty in understanding the severity of sinning against God. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. David admits his sin, which is ever before him. I don't know how long it was between Nathan telling David what, that he has done this great sin and pointing it out and David writing this. But whatever that time frame was, this bothered David. This was with him. This was in his heart until he could make his plea to God. He confessed that he has sinned against God and he has done evil in his sight. And he knows God would be blameless in judging him. God would be justified when he speaks David's sins. And in verse 6, David gives no excuses or justification for the sin that he had. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and my sin, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you saw truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. David is not making any excuses or trying to rationalize this sin. He is not saying that he was born out of a sinful relation, nor, nor is he berating his mother. He is saying this to show the depths and the understanding of his sin as a man. He has a tendency to sin, as all men have since Adam. And David knows that God desires him to be truthful from this very innermost being, from his own heart. David is approaching God not being a surface man. See what I look like, God. He's saying he's coming from his innermost person. Look inside me, God. I'm not making any excuses for this. I sin, 
is not because of some original sin that I'm a man and I sin. Still no excuses that David brings forth before God. Then verses 7 through 12, he asks for restoration to be reformed and to be cleansed. Purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. David is willing to submit to this deep cleansing of his innermost being. Beyond being forgiven and cleansed that he asks of God, David wants restoration. He wants a clean heart. He wants this sin, this guilt, to be totally taken away from his heart. For surely, as we see in the prayer, it has weighed heavily on him. David asks God not to turn away or to forsake him in this because of the sin, but to restore him to joy and a willing spirit to do what is right. And in verses 13 through 15, he promises to proclaim God to others. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltlessness, O God, the God of salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, that my mouth may declare your praise. That release from guilt that David is going to have is going to give him the ability to promise something back to the Lord. Not a promise as a barter, but a promise that after the joy of God's salvation is restored, David will then teach the transgressors. He will have the joy again to go out and convert the sinners. Well, how is this restoration of joy? How will David to enable to communicate God's way to sinners? Have you ever noticed that those who have truly repented and received complete forgiveness are usually open and forthright telling about their past sins? Have you heard such men and women standing up and publicly telling the stories of their lives as past sinners? When you listen to the stories of God's great grace, do you not often feel that your own case is not hopeless and your own sin is not unforgivable? Do you not see the joy on the face of the former sinner and want that same joy? God is there to offer it. That's what David is looking at. He's saying, I'm going to have the joy again. This guilt has been taken away from me. I will have the joy to be able to go out and praise you and to speak of you and to talk to the sinners and try to convert the sinners to you. There's something David is hoping to do. And the rest, 16 through 19, he recognizes that forgiveness is not earned by grace alone. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. By your favor, do good to Zion. 
Build the walls of Jerusalem, then you will delight in righteous sacrifices and burnt offering, and whole burnt offering, the young bulls will be offered to you on your offer. First, David in chapter, this is, can be confusing. In verse 16 says, you do not, do not delight in burnt offerings. Then verse 19 he says, but there are sacrifices that do delight God. Well, what's the difference here? What David's laying out here is that there is more than them just going and throwing an animal up on the altar and sacrificing it. That's not what God wants. What God wants is your heart to be with that sacrifice. He doesn't want you to just go pick out something from your flock and take it to the priest for, sacrifice, for, for the sacrifice. He wants you to really, in your heart, look and give what you can give to God. And what about that heart? What type of heart does God look at on these sacrifices? He looks at a contrite heart, a heart of remorse, a heart that says, I'm guilty, a heart that says, I cannot cleanse myself, a heart that says, I need you, God. John talked about moving closer in prayer last week, moving closer to God. Remorseful heart moves you closer and closer and closer to God. Then God will accept your sacrifices. You know, pride and arrogance will make sacrifices unacceptable. We can, we can read about that with King Saul. No matter how big or great they are, we have humility and godly sorrow that make sacrifices acceptable to God. Now, one thing about the mentions of the walls of Zion and the walls of Jerusalem here. There's some people that think this actually was written or added onto the psalm. But actually, it could be one of two things. Historically known at this time the psalm was written, David was building the walls of Jerusalem and strengthening up Jerusalem against his enemies. So easily, he could have just asked God for that. Or, this could be something figuratively, again, looking at David, looking at his heart. I need my heart to be built up. I need my heart to be strengthened. I need my heart to be the best it can against the defenses of evil. Well, as we see in this psalm that the only reason David dare approach God and ask him to be restored is because he knew that God was of unfailing love and great compassion David could not do anything to earn his forgiveness. It's a gift from God. It is given because of his loving and compassionate character. This prayer of repentance by David is one of the great prayers of the Bible. After you read it, it isn't so hard anymore to understand why we say and why it is said that David was a man after God's own heart. He just poured his heart out to God for the sin. Can we hold that same title? I hope that we can. Can we be men and women after God's own heart? Yes, we can. How? Well, repentance. And make sure you have a contrite heart. Not proud, 
not boastful, not envious, but a heart that when you know you have sin, sorry, it hurts right here. It causes you to feel so much remorse that the only thing you can do is to turn back to God. The only thing you can do is to move closer to God. He's not going to turn away from us. Our God will never leave us. No matter how much we turn our back on him in sin, when we turn around, he's there waiting for us to come back. There's a song by Don Harris and Martin J. Nistrom that's taken from Psalm 51. Our books do cover the song, and one of these days we ought to learn it. It is a beautiful song. It goes, Lord, my heart is prone to wander, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for your courts above. A broken spirit and a contrite heart you will not despise, you will not despise. You desire truth in the inward parts, a broken spirit and a contrite heart. How's your heart today? Is it full of pride? Is it full of arrogance? Or is there something eating away at it? Is there something there that you have done that possibly you have sinned against God that's eating away at your heart? Well, God can heal that heart. All you have to do is follow what David did. Bow down. Bow down to God. And just don't come up with cliches. Pour your innermost being. Pour your heart out to God. He will listen. And he will forgive. We have that promise from him. If there's anything you need this morning, in that way or any way that you need the prayers of this congregation, we give you that opportunity as we stand and sing.